Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day, welcome to Movember Radio. I'm Washa Ginsberg. Thank you so much for being here. This is a weekly conversation with someone who is passionate about changing the face of men's health, someone who is from the Movember community, a community of 5 million men and women, Mo Bros and Mo Sisters all around the world who are committed to changing the face of men's health. If you like this show, you can subscribe in iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. Find us on SoundCloud, search for us on Facebook. You know where to find us. Look, this week, it's part two. It's our first two-parter. I'm pretty proud. It's part two of my conversation with Craig Cooper. If you missed last week's show, well, Craig is a former pro surfer and pro skateboarder from New Zealand who moved to the US in his late 30s, where he co-founded the incredibly successful telco Boost Mobile. Craig's a mobro, he's a fundraiser, he's a successful entrepreneur, and Craig has had his own health challenges. And during those challenges, Craig went on an extensive health journey Discovering a few new things along the way, which he shares in his book, Your New Prime, which is out now wherever you buy your books. Now, in this, the second part of our conversation from Craig's office in Orange County, California, Craig gives us some advice on 30 days to better sex and uh, how important it is in his life to focus on relationships, social connections, and how those two things affect his health. So thank you so much for enjoying the show. I hope you enjoyed this, our second part of our conversation with Craig Cooper. Craig. Hey, what's up? In the book, you also mentioned 30 days to better sex. Now, I'm sure many men and their partners, male and female alike, would be quite eager to know more about this. Could you take us through it just a little bit? <laughs> Look, so it's built, everything in that is built around all the platforms in the book. So how to get your energy back, how to, you know, reignite your testosterone, how to get your sexual health, um, you know, back to where you want it to be, how to get your physical vitality back, because so much uh, and how to get your, you know, and ultimately how to get your health back, um, because that's ultimately is what it's all about. Because once you get a foundation of health and energy, everything else flows from that. And, you know, a key part of that is particularly as you age, uh, your sexual health, because after all, you know, as men, that defines us and defines our masculinity, you know, particularly as we age, because, um, 
you know, it's more the rule and the exception that then, you know, guys, you know, continue to, you know, lead a lifestyle of, you know, boozing up and hanging with the mates and sports games on Sunday and, you know, ribs and, you know, chicken wings. And then one day they wake up and, you know, they, you know, they having sexual problems and, you know, their, their, their triglycerides are everything are out of whack and basically, or they may have something serious, you know, and chronic like cancer and uh, it's too late. And, you know, I've got a good friend, Tony Robbins, who you may know and, um, you know, who I've spent a whole bunch of time with and, you know, he has this, um, you know, test called the rocking chair test, right? And I live this every day. And really the rocking chair test is, you know, it's, you know, I'm not claiming it. I fully, you know, give Tony credit for it. It's his trademark pitch. You know, you put yourself out five or ten years. Where do you want to be? Are you sitting there with cancer? Are you sitting there with erectile dysfunction? Are you sitting there with no prostate and incontinence? Whatever it might be, whatever you're sitting there with, you know, um, you've got the ability to really take stock of that right now. So the rocking chair test basically is a time travel to the future but with the ability to sort of come straight back and make massive changes to make sure that you don't live that life when you get there. And, and I live out of fear and anxiety um, around my own health, and it's probably not that healthy to have such a level of anxiety around my health. But um, to me, health is the true wealth, and that's really all you've got ultimately. And you know, my wife says she'll, you know, she jokes that she'll leave me if, even if I sprain my ankle. So it's, um, it's a serious and significant part of my life. <laughs> you mentioned a bit about where you grew up in New Zealand, then uh, you grew up, uh, you went to, into Australia, and from by the sounds of things, you left high school to go and, you know, go surfing. Very, and then you were a professional skateboarder, very highly charged alpha male masculine environments, a lot of men, not, not many women in the lineup. Uh, out in the surf there, a lot of dudes, the only people getting the waves are the ones that hustle and bully and push and the bigger ones normally. So there was that pressure at a time, is, certainly in, in Western society, to be that, to be that masculine guy. Then there's an emerge to pressure to be kind of sensitive and open and maybe take a yoga class with your girlfriend. Is there now pressure to be both at the same time? Well, it's funny. I live in Orange County and my office is about literally five minutes walk from John Wayne International Airport. And John Wayne was the ultimate loner, right? He was the, the American icon, Western loner who, you know, who was immortalized in an airport. But it's true. And particularly as, you know, guys like us who are, you know, we're a little bit lone wolves, you know, alpha males. And successful men, are, you know, tend to be lone wolves, right? The trouble is, that when you're at that level, I mean, it's very difficult to have, you know, social connections because, you know, obviously, we would, you know, no one wants to be the beta male. Everyone wants to be the alpha. You know, if you show any form of weakness, then, you know, whether it's corporately, socially, whatever it might be, then everyone's worried that someone's going to take advantage of it. With social networks, whatever, it's just a scary place to be. So everyone lives this sort of alpha, sort of lone wolf, um, you know, existence. And they project it on Facebook, whatever it might be. The problem is it's very, very unhealthy. There's been numerous studies around it. There was a UCLA study done a couple of years ago called the male deficit model, which showed that men on a consistent basis are having less and less close friendships as we sort of, you know, go forward into sort of the 21st century. Uh, men's friendships are normally built on sort of alcohol and uh, sports and normally alcohol and sports together. So we don't have that closeness 
which, you know, uh, which females have. You know, the UCLA study actually came out and said, you know, we generally as males have sort of lower sort of what's called friend satisfaction. So it's a big issue. And it's not only an issue from the point of, you know, social connections. You know, studies have actually shown that loneliness and uh, the less friendships you have can be just as bad for your health as, you know, smoking uh, or bad lifestyle or bad nutrition in terms of, you know, promoting uh, chronic disease. You know, all the studies on on centenarians and, you know, communities with the highest level of men in particular who live to over 100, one of the, you know, the five foundations of that, you know, the others being vegetarian diet, uh, you know, religious connections, very light exercise as part of a, you know, a lifestyle, tending to the herds, flock, cattle, whatever it might be. It's one other, which I forget. But the fifth one was strong social connections. Um, it's a key part of it. I mean, if you don't have strong social connections, you can be, you know, again, going back to the studies, you know, you're more depressed, you get a higher risk of cancer. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And our friendships are declining. We have we had a medium in the US, and I'm throwing numbers out here, of about 3.1 friendships about, you know, 15 years ago. Now it's about 2.6 to 2.7. And the studies show you need at least three real friends. You know, I'm in a very alpha environment here. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in Orange County. You know, as you know from all the time you've spent here, Osher, it's a, it's a different environment. I mean, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and everyone's out for each other. So, you know, getting getting connections in this environment is, you know, very difficult. And I live in an area where I don't really fit in um, from the point of view um, of this typical demographic base of Orange County. It's very religious. Uh, very evangelical, and it's very Republican. So I've lost friendships over those two factors. And every four years, basically, I rotate my friendships through consistent with the elections. It's 218. So, you know, I've done a few things about it. I have uh, I consciously am looking all the time for ways to supplement my tribe. And I do that in a number of action uh, aspects. I have, you know, I have a lot of younger friends when I say young, they're not in their 20s. You know, I'm talking about, you know, late 30s, early 40s. And whether it's in business or sports or whatever it might be, I consciously um, cultivate younger friendships. You know, as another example, I have a group of people that I train with up in Malibu on, you know, the weekends, which is, you know, Laird Hamilton, who's a you know very famous athlete. You know, we get people there like David Blaine, the magician, or, you know, Orlando Bloom, or, you know, Barbara Streisand, all these people. It's whoever, right? But it's it's a group of very high-powered, energetic people in that tribe that I drive, you know, anything from an hour to an hour to 45, you know, on the weekend so I can hang with because I'm in that tribe. I'm lucky enough to be, you know, to be part of that community that I can train and have that energy from those people. And so I think, you know, I, I, I point out in the book, you know, that if your tribe is holding you back, then, you know, particularly as you age, it's really, really time to start looking for a new tribe because, I, there's a there's a couple and that analogy is driven by a couple that you know my wife Maria and I saw on the beach about six months ago in their sixty late sixties who we got talking to and they started you know they were in shape they were energetic they were traveling and they started telling us how they basically had to cut off all their friends because nobody can keep up with them they're obese they've got joint pain they want to thrive forward in life and this this couple are and they're sort of moving towards their seventies and they've had to cultivate a new tribe. And I think it's something that we need to look around because don't you don't want to fall into complacency and have people hold you back, particularly, you know, business, physically, socially, from a relationship perspective. You know, it's just not healthy. To hear that you are so on the front foot 
and and so what's the word I'm looking for? Proactive in being active and cultivating those friendships is is really inspiring. I'm also a little sad for you that you have to find new mates every four years because uh, <laughs> certainly my experience living in the states and happening in Australia now too. The the binary nature of political discussion is it's a downer to be honest. Yeah. Now. I have a career in broadcasting, but that doesn't make it mean that it's easy for me to find friends. If I get in a bus, I'm not making eye contact with anyone because I'm so shy. So sometimes <laughs> it is tough. It is tough to form connections with people that you don't work with, you're not related to, or people that you might live with and have sex with. Right. What advice do you have for men who do struggle to make friends? Well, I think it's um, you have to be you have to be 100 percent proactive in it. Like I keep a friend register. I consciously make an effort to connect with my friends outside of emails and outside of messaging. You know, it's very easy to shoot off a, you know, email or a text, hey, what's up? You know, let's get together. It really doesn't mean anything. And, you know, it's very rare to pick up the phone. You know, if you pick up the phone, if I picked up the phone and called someone now who I'd spoken to for like, you know, three or four weeks, most of the time they get a shock because it's like, why is why why am I getting a random call about nothing, right? Just to say what's up. Is there something you want to talk to me about in business, or is this you know something you want to plan? Do you want to go to dinner? It's like there's no what's up unless you consciously reach out and continue to uh, maintain and sustain friendships. It just falls away, and a lot of people will sit back and go, oh, you know what? That person never calls me. I'm not going to worry about them. How about you calling them? How about just ringing them and making an effort? Because whether it's your existing uh, unit of friends or whether it's a new group that you want to cultivate through, you know, through uh, through the gym or whether it's social groups or the like. I was funny enough, Osha, that you raised this. I was reading through the list of sort of like startup fundings yesterday, which I go through every day. And there was a new company in New York, which has literally been funded just to create friends for people. If you're like a, you know, 52 year old guy who likes to, you know, dress up in Halloween costumes five times a year outside of, you know, November, then, hey, there's a group for you. And we'll search friends and put you guys together so you can start hanging out. It's kind of desperate, I know, but you need to be proactive because friendships don't wait for you, right? You've got to be the guy ringing up, hey, let's get together, let's go to dinner, let's go train, let's go mountain bike. It's a conscious, consistent process. You, you've mentioned the word tribe a few times. It, it does seem strange that we have so much anthropology that's proven to us that human civilization has succeeded so much because of the tribal system. Then the industrial yep. revolution comes along and we all start living in little boxes by ourselves. You know, yep. and it seems it seems weird that we've distanced ourselves from that. We don't need to connect. You and I are on Skype. All my friends are on Facebook. Everyone's a message away or a click. And you know, we're the best of the generation going forward because everyone coming behind us is you know, going to be a mess, you know, and life is going more virtual. I have two friends that have just joined virtual reality startups. And when you see some of the inside track about what is happening there, it is just unbelievable. I mean, we won't even need sexual partners in 25 years time. It's crazy. You know, that whole structure is being broken down. And, you know, I don't want to sound like a, like an old person or a latter day Luddite, but you know, some parts of technology, uh, you know, I don't necessarily agree with or support. You know, I've got all my, you know, a whole bunch of friends, mostly are on Tinder. Everyone, you know, generally who I know, even in my generation, who are out there on, you know, dating apps and the like. So, as you know, the whole structure has, has been broken and it's not healthy for us from the point of our physical health or from our social or mental health. When it comes to being in that tribe, it is one benefit to just kind of be in the same room as people, but it is very important 
to discuss what's going on yep. in your life. Now, if I'm training with Laird Hamilton, I'm not about to say, hey, you who've surfed the biggest <laughs> waves on the planet with your enormous deltoids the size of basketballs, <laughs> I'm having a hard time today. I, I might be afraid to open up about that I'm struggling, that my anxiety is playing up. What advice do you have for people to open up about their mental health with friends, particularly new friends? Well, um, I'll call you out on that because it, that's exactly what happens up at Laird's. You know, we're in the pool, we're in the ice bath, we're in the sauna. And once you get into that confined space of a sauna, and, you know, I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, you know professional world-class athletes. I'm talking about, you know, the major directors and writers of some of the biggest movies in the world and, you know, people in their 50s, you know, 60s and sometimes 70s. And once you get in that box, Osha, you'll be surprised what comes out when you're in a cone of kind of silence. Uh, I think the YPO group is very similar to that in terms of the YPO structure, how they run some of their meetings, very fight clubby in terms of, you know, what goes on and, you know, YPO stays in there. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. That community, that tribe, that, um, that we're talking about, there's never any phones. No one's checking in on their digital networks. People are there because they bring something to the group, you know, whether that's, you know, academically, intellectually, from an athletic perspective. Um, no one ever asks who anyone is. No one knows how much money anyone has. And it's a very, very unique and privileged environment that I'm fortunate enough to be in. And why I love it is because the fact of the nature is when you have people of that level in that environment and they're opening up about their, you know, depression or their, you know, divorce or, um, you know, caught that week with their ex, whatever it might be, it's very, very inspiring. And I think if men were in a position where they could start to evolve to being more open, um, it would be uh, a much healthier environment. And his sort of key takeaway on this because um, what I've personally discovered is particularly in relation to the men's health issues because if you have a male health disorder and Movember is very strong, as we know, on mental health, testicular cancer and prostate cancer. And those are three things which are very taboo for men traditionally to talk about. And those three areas are the areas that I'm kind of exposed 
to the most. And I struggle on a day-to-day basis with men who are facing chronic disease in each one of those buckets and who still continue to not open up and seek social communities, whether it's uh, forums about prostate cancer or about mental health um, in particular, which are a key driver of survival. When you look at all the studies, those men who open themselves to social groups, talking about prostate cancer as an example, have much longer life expectancies than men who don't uh, involve themselves in those groups. And to a, to a T, Osha, I struggle to get guys to, um, to recognize that. And because, you know, they're, let's face it, they're embarrassed because they don't want other guys to know they've got prostate cancer um, or testicular cancer because they know the segue is that, you know, guy must have, you know, erectile problems, must have incontinence and the like. It's not a banner that you wear or a ribbon that you wear like women wear the pink ribbon. It's just not something that's out there. You know, I live in the United States, for example, it's been, you know, it's been a you know multi-decade long struggle to get uh, the White House lit up blue every year to, you know, commemorate, you know, National Prostate Cancer Awareness Month in September. Every year they light it up pink. I mean, we embrace breast cancer and women embrace it and the community embraces it. Um, you know, we all love breasts and that's great. I'm all for it. But, uh, you know, prostate cancer just doesn't have that level of support. <laughs> <laughs> it is important to have a laugh about it. And when you, when you really think about how, exactly. how uh, insipid prostate cancer is yeah. uh, among men, yeah. um, that people are afraid to talk about or don't want to talk about it, particularly with their fathers or their sons. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, you and I live in the two highest prostate cancer countries in the world. We're number one, US, USA number one, something to be proud of again. And, you know, most of that's driven by, and Germany is number three and England is number four. And most of that's driven by, you know, our, you know, you know, our diet and lifestyle and diet, you know, very high calcium, very high meat-based dairy, you know, product, which is really where most of the blame for that falls. But you're right. I mean, we don't talk about it. Australia certainly doesn't, you know, talk about it. Um, there's no icons of prostate cancer like there is with breast cancer, to you know, promote and raise awareness. So it's a struggle. You mentioned that you've got, uh, you've got daughters who are at university. When you see the guys that are in their social community, do you feel good about these guys and, and the awareness of themselves, or do you think, crikey, you boys are in trouble? <laughs> well, I think uh, what I see at the Movember functions here is that it's a, it's a very youth-driven movement, which is great. Right? So they're absolutely on the front line of this. And, you know, Movember is a very, you know, millennial-focused foundation, which is great because that's the next generation. And, you know, when I see, you know, two daughters are surrounding themselves with, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lucky because I, you know, from what I've seen, most of them are, you know, very focused on their wellness and diet and it's, you know, very top of mind. So it's certainly, you know, if we, if we went back in time 10 years ago, I do not think there'd be the level of awareness that, you know, I'm seeing today, uh, which is a great thing. We were talking about uh, what it means to be, to be a man and, and, you know, where they see themselves in that or where men see themselves in their role of masculinity. When you think about your father, when you think about yourself and when you think about these guys that are in your, your daughter's social circle, how do you see that changing? I think, it's, uh, I think the next generation is going to be much more health positive and aware than, you know, the previous. We all like to not repeat, you know, the sins of our, you know, parents and grandparents and the like. And hopefully we all think we're evolving in a better way. And I think that's, you know, that's certainly the case. And I think part of that is driven by the sort of um, generational change of how we interact with our, with our kids. Because 
if you look back to our fathers and, you know, their fathers before them, they did not have the level of, you know, not only social connection, but really a cultural connection that we have with our children today. You know, we certainly didn't listen to the same music, go to the same concerts, you know, even eat the same foods and the like. I think it's everything has been leveled out a lot more, which I think um, sort of drives much more awareness around the sort of things that, you know, affect us as we age as well, because our kids kind of live it with us. The book has got a fantastic title, as we've mentioned, Your, your New Prime, 30 Days to Better Sex, Strength, and a Kick-Ass Life After 40. And who doesn't, who doesn't want that? Got it. But you're, you're living proof. You, you know, you've mentioned just that you're 52 years old, but you've also run across the Grand Canyon. That's a pretty serious physical feat for, for anyone, let alone someone who's over 50. How did you manage to do that? Yeah, I was 27 miles in about nine hours and uh, with about, you know, 14 miles of pretty much uphill at the back end. It was, it was, you know, out there. And I will step back and say I generally do not promote marathons or any form of long-distance cardio for guys my age because everything that happens, you know, in training and, uh, you know, nutritionally sort of kills everything we're trying to preserve. Like your testosterone plummets, your human growth hormone goes down, your stress hormones go up. You have to eat shitty foods, you know, high fructose corn syrups and the like. So I've kind of given up on long distance endurance. But having said that, Osha, I am running the New York, New York Marathon this Sunday. And I know I'm contradicting myself, but I'm doing it for a very close friend who has a, you know, a foundation that he raises money for to support organ donor research every year. And I told him that I'd only do it on the basis of two things. One, that I got to train how I wanted to train because I wanted to train as least as possible because once you start doing, you know, 16, 17 mile runs every week on Sundays and everything else that goes with it, you know, it impacts so many things, lifestyle, you know, uh, your testosterone, everything, all the, all the stuff that I want to maintain. It's just not a healthy form of training. And I also wanted to eat how I wanted to eat. So I, I've kind of created my own sort of marathon training nutritional program outside of what you'd normally do if you really wanted to go sort of hardcore about it. So I've cut out all the big, you know, the sugars and all the gels and goos and all the stuff that, you know, long-distance cyclists and triathlons normally eat. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't. I try and charge as much as I can and do different stuff. I don't like to do things which everyone else is doing. Getting into my hiking and mountaineering and skiing and everything that I love doing, I just like doing something different every day. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned the the goo and the, the energy gels and stuff like that. When I get on the bicycle, I usually, uh, you know, my girlfriend will ask me, how long are you going out for? I say, oh, it's a three-banana ride, <laughs> you know. <laughs> One banana every hour. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, it's a perfectly perfectly packaged piece of energy. Exactly. And, it's, and it travels quite well. And I'd just like to touch on that because, you know, it's, it's important for guys of my generation because I set out a full training program in the book in terms of, you know, things to do and not to do. And because, um, as I said, there are some key things which, which impact your masculinity. And not only that, which, you know, in the case of cycling, I hate to tell you, you know, too much time in that saddle is going to increase your risk of, you know, various urological disorders, painful ones, as well as potentially prostate cancer and erectile dysfunction, huge studies around ED and guys in the saddle. So be careful. But, you know, I promote a very specific form of exercise. Obviously, there's components to it, you know, strength, mobility and um, and endurance. But, you know, a lot of very high intensity, short duration exercise, which I call prime workouts, your new prime, get it? Uh, ha Love it. On brand, mate. On brand. Prime stands for peak repetition intervals um, at maximum effort. So the analogy worked. Go figure. Or the acronym, I should say. So, you know, super high intensity, 
exercise, uh, limit, limited long, slow cardio, big focus on flexibility, big focus on mobility, all the stuff that matters as you age. As I said, you know, in, at the start of this, uh, I'm more concerned with making sure you don't, you know, jack your back getting the groceries out of the car or, playing with the kids, you know, on the weekend. That's the most important thing for me. You're absolutely correct. I mean, it's all very nice, you know, to be able to whip your T-shirt off for the end of your barbecue and go, see, look at my love handles. But if you can't play with your kids or if you can't help hang the laundry out or hang the laundry out because you're a modern man because you're back stuffed, what, what, what good is it? Yeah, look, all those guys who are on the men's health cover, they look like that for 20 minutes. <laughs> Nobody talks about this. No, I mean, there's no, there's, you know, and I know exactly the program they go through and I know all, you know, I know a whole bunch of, you know, A-list actors, action hero actors who go through that same seven-day process. And uh, I will guarantee you on, you know, I won't say my children's life, but, you know, whatever the next most, you know, thing I hold dear, most of those guys uh, cannot get out of bed in the morning on the day of those shoots. They have zero energy. They have, um, they have you know, they have no water. They have uh, the process that they've gone through over the course of the last seven days to basically rid themselves, to get themselves in a position to be, you know, let's call it photo-ready. It's the most unhealthy thing that you'll ever do, um, you know, and they like it for, you know, and I exaggerate 20 minutes, but you'll like it for about a day. So that's, that's the images, though, that we're put, uh, that are put out there aspirationally for guys. And everyone thinks you've got to have like, you know, six or 7% body fat. It just, it just doesn't matter. I'm all for being ripped and, and the best shape of your life in the right way. And that doesn't necessarily mean you've got, you know, 8% body fat. It's just crazy. I'm glad you mentioned that because there's a, a mate of mine, he's, uh, speaking of uh, endurance, he's, an ult- he's done Ultraman twice. Yeah. But even he says, he goes, he said, that photo that, I've, that I use everywhere, <laughs> I can't maintain that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was like, he said, I was, they took that like the day before Ultraman. He used it on his book cover. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. And, um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, that, that six minute, you know, whether it's Robert Downey Jr., the six-minute, you know, the six-second shot of him, you know, on the second Sherlock Holmes movie. I mean, that was, that was six months in the making and, um, you know, seven days of just critical uh, nutritional, you know, deprivation in order to get in, you know, that position. And everyone goes through it. It's a joke. Mate, you've been so generous with your time. I'd, I'd love to wrap this up with just a few other questions. The book is Your New Prime. You can get it everywhere you, where you can buy awesome books. You can get it online. Just very quickly, we always end the show with the same couple of questions, but I'm going to throw one extra thing in for you. So, number one, when it comes to Movember, what style of moustache do you grow? A very grey one. <laughs> it's called the grey. And what do you appreciate most about your friends? Um, I'll... Avert back to my previous comments, energy and vitality, more important than anything else. And I will say, um, in terms of the key people that have been kept me going through some, you know, difficult periods over the last, you know, five, you know, years or so, um, just the closeness and the openness that they've sort of brought to my friendship. So here's the extra question I'm going to throw in for you. You're one of the most successful businessmen I've yet to talk to, and it would be remiss of me not to ask on behalf of everybody listening, for people creating their own businesses or for people wanting to be their best at work, what's been your your key learning when it comes to accelerating that success in the business world? I think there's two things. One, you have to continually evolve and you have to continually reinvent yourself. And whether that in my situation to follow my path of my passion, because you know, I've been through, you know, multiple sort of, you know, career and entrepreneurial iterations. And each one of them has been really a very, very separate business, completely unrelated to the one that was before it. You know, particularly as you age, 
the thing is there is no safety net anymore in life, Osha, as you know. And just like you have your brand, I have my brand. Um, ultimately, there is no safety net. So the only one, you know, to quote the Dalai Lama, the only person that in the end matters is you. So um, you have to continually sort of reinvent yourself and your brand in terms of where you want to be in life because no one's going to look after you. Follow your passion. Find something you love doing. It may not economically pay off for you, um, you know, it, but ultimately that's going to be your life going forward. And I think whether you're a plumber or a Wall Street hedge fund guy, if you're passionate about what you do, you're going to be a success. And that's not measured in monetary value. And that's what I'm learning more and more as I age. That's magnificent. And the final question, if you could pick up your cell phone right now, your boost cell phone, obviously, (laughs) if you could call 18-year-old Craig, what would you tell him? Um, Buy Sydney real estate. Um, (laughs) What would I what would I tell eighteen year old Craig? It's a very good question. I don't think I've done anything differently. Yeah, I don't think there's a message there. Apart, look, economically, there's a whole bunch of stuff, right? Um, as to what I should look back on opportunities lost, but others found, and that's a balance. But I think I would just try to be happier and not so driven. I mean, I'm a ha- I think I'm happy, but I think be happy. I love it, man. Thank you so, so much. You've been so generous with us today, mate. I really appreciate it, Craig. Bye. Thanks, Osha. That was Craig Cooper. Thank you for being a part of the show. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, you can rate us and comment in iTunes. That helps us out a lot. helps uh, more people discover the show. If you think more people should hear it, that's how you help us out. You could also tell a mate. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast in the podcast app of your choice, iTunes or SoundCloud. This uh, show was produced by myself, Osher Ginsberg, with Molly Hindman, Lavanya Nagendran. Uh, audio production was by Daryl Misson. And music was by the ever-metally Toehider. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.